Indian Achuva. It's not being involved with the little shtikalach of the chet and not with the splinters of the chet. Because after that, who can withstand the eight Sahara? He keeps on going back to his old ways. To change his matziv, his outlook. To get out of the world of pettiness. And to go into an oilam of godless. As it says, Yazov Rosha Darkoi to change our path, to change our ways, to become different, to have a different route. Shuvah Yisrael ad Hashem Eloikecho. The Chavetz Chaim says ad is a lotion of small steps. Ad and ad and ad conquer one step and one step at a time. But every step has to be ad Hashem Eloikecho. Every step that a person takes has to be like iron. Even if we're doing something halfway, we mustn't do it half-heartedly. We can change things in our life no matter where we are. Wherever you are, no matter where in the Klippas the person is. Oh, but if you look for Kaddish Baruch step by step. But if we're looking, if we're trying, Pischali Pesach Kichudei Shalmachat so the Kotzke Rebbe says, the hole in a needle is tiny, but it's a hole made of iron. Yom HaKippurim means about being mekabel something lemaise. As small as it is, an iron kabbalah commitment, a resolution to change something that I can show next year I've grown. I am more than I was last year. Kabbalists of iron. Decisions to change our ways, to raise our level. In all in Yonim, we need improvement. Last night there was a kinnus for the yeshivas here in Mansi. There were about 700 Bochum and Yungelait. We had the schus to hear from the Lakewood Mashgiach, Ramatusios, Ozein Gesundtenstein. I want to share with you some of the pearls that he said. And he spoke about how we need to make Kabbalahs in the Inyanim of Kedusha. We know that today that's the greatest Nisoyan facing us. We live in a world of immorality, we live in a world of preachers. And the Choymer that separates us, the wall that separates us from the Tumas Eretz Amim is crumbling before our eyes. And in the Tvilas and Aseris Yimei we say HaMelech HaKadosh. And he asked, why just HaMelech HaKadosh? Why not HaMelech HaChoynein Das? Melech Mevorech HaShonim. You could say in every Brach HaKadosh Baruch Hu's HaMelech. Instead HaMelech HaMishpot. But why only HaMelech HaKadosh? And he said, because in these days, HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at us 
through the view, through the eyes of his Kedusha. He wants to see Kedusha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he said, is going to be looking for those who are Kedoshim, for those who are Halig, in a time of Nisyonis. What does it mean to be a Kodesh? The Rambam writes, any hoisafa in these in Yonim, Kodesh ye Omar loy. This is very posik. The person raises himself a level from wherever he is, Uvikashta Misham, but he's Oisik in Kedusha. This is his opportunity for greatness. He said over for Abel Yelapiam, the Gemara says that in the time Nanchek Nesagdoyle, they nullified the Yetzer of Avoidazora. They were Mespal. They saw it was too difficult to withstand the Yetzer of Avoidazora. And they were Mavatal, the Yetzer of Avoidazora. And they saw it ran out of the Kotche Kodeshim. It looked like a lion of fire ran out of the Kodeshim. They said, That's the Yetzer of Avoidazora. So Rabbi Lapian asked, What's the Yetzer of Avoidazora doing in the Kotche Kodeshim? Maybe he should come out of a church or somewhere. Come out of the Kotche. What's he doing there? He said, because the purpose of the Yed Sahara is that we should be misgaber and be zoichet to Kodshe Kodeshim. When the Yitzhak Avodah left the Kodshe Kodeshim, we no longer have the ability to reach that level of Kedusha anymore. Because that Yed Sahara is gone. But they were not Mevatel, the Yetzer of Arias. And the Yetzer of Arias. And in Ixl Mashiach, before Bias HaMashiach, where there's such a tumor, there's such a hefkeir, there's such a schmutz in the world, what does that mean? It means an opportunity for a person to be niskadish bekoidish kodoshim. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us. He wants us to be mezgaber, to be kedoshim, kedoshim b'chol yom yahalaluch haseo. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be praised by a nation of kedoshim. The darkness, the Tumah in the world, is for us to be Kedoshim. To be Moisiv Shmira, to be Moisiv Gedorim, to be Moisiv Precautions. Leiv Yodeya Moris Nafshoi, everyone knows where he can improve. In Shmira Sainayim, in Shmira Sakdusha. Chazal tell us the eyes are a Sirsur, La'avero. The eyes are like an agent. Why an agent? The word from Shmuel Vesaka, from Reb Chaim Vesaka, and the Shivas and Beis Talmud, he said a moiridik word. He says, "What is an agent? What's an agent's job? An agent has to keep in mind each customer what he's looking for. He knows this guy's looking for such a house, this guy's looking for such a building, and he brings him what he knows he's looking for. The eyes are an agent; they'll bring a person what he's looking for. If a person is mispalot to the Rebbeinu Shlom, he wants kedusha." The eyes will cooperate. The eyes will bring him other things. He lived in Tveria. It was a famous Slona Mechosid, Ramatus Luria, very Haile Gehid. He got married years ago. Lived in a one-bedroom apartment, but really a one-bedroom apartment. That was the whole apartment, one room. And he got a wedding present, a closet. That was the wedding present. And the person who bought him the present, he had it built with a mirror on the front. He wasn't too interested to have the mirror. He didn't really like it, but his rebbetzim was happy with it. He didn't say anything. After 40 years or 50 years, his rebbetzim passed away. The first thing he did, he got rid of the mirror. His whole life he lived in that room. That's where he learned. That's where he ate. That's where he he lived. He was once at a chasana. 
And the Slona Merebbe was there, the Birchus Avrom, and they were sitting together, these two Moedigabali Tzura. Somebody took a picture, a very famous picture, the Slona Merebbe, Ramatas Luri. It's a beautiful, magnificent photograph. So Ramatas, one day he came to his Einikel's house, and he sees on the mantle there's a picture. And he says, okay, that's the Rebbe, but who's that? He has such an Eidel Tzura. Zayda, that's you. What? That's me? No, it's not true. He doesn't have an Eidel Tzura at all. I made him Mr. Ach, he can't. It's not an Eidel Tzura. He lived his whole life in one room with a mirror. He didn't know what he looked like. The eyes bring a person what he's interested in seeing. This capital, Shirha Malus Mi Mamakim, the tikkun of this shir, it's brought the Bank of Emden brings in the Siddur. This was tikkun shir zeh al erev avoyke shel hagolus vahagulo shemulchemas goig umogoig. This capital was meant to be said in the terrible, terrifying times of Mulchemes Goigu Mogoy. When we call out Takodesh Baruchu Mi Mamakim, says Rabbi Yankiv Emden, Mi Tachlis Ho'oymik, from the ultimate perfect depth, Ki Oz Yu Yisrael Betzoro Shekimoy Oloyni Yoso. At the time of Mulchemes Goigu Mogoy, we will be in a Tzorah that there hasn't existed before. And we don't know exactly what Mulchemes Goigu Mogoig means. We don't understand it. But let us imagine for a moment. Many of us remember 10 years ago, September 11th, remember looking up at the sky and seeing military jets flying through the air. Our hearts were pounding in terror. Is it a war? What's happening? What's going to be with us? Imagine waking up one day and you see phantom jets soaring through the sky. Only this time you know that their payloads are loaded with nuclear weapons. You know that there was an attack somewhere around the world. And a war has begun. A war that places, that, that places all, of the, it, 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 all of the existence of the world is in the balance at this moment. Imagine seeing that happen. Imagine the thumping of our hearts. Imagine the terror. We don't know. We're holding... We're holding, as, as it says in the Psukim in Tilim, Yisyatsu, Malchei Eretz, Veroiznim, Noistu Yochad, Al Hashem, Ve'al Meshichoi. And what are we, Yidelach, going to do then? We're going to run into the Besmedrish, we're on to Botek Neisiyos, and we'll begin to say this capital Tilim. We're going to say, Shir Hamalois Mimamakim. And at that moment, we'll be Nizgale, Tachlis, Ho'oimek, the deepest part of a Yid's soul, his Kodesh HaKadoshim. Why? Why will it happen then? Because at that moment we'll know and we'll understand that it's now or never. We'll know and understand that we've reached a point where there's no more excuses, there's no more time, there's no second thoughts. There is no future except what we create now will know the sense of urgency and the desperation of that moment. And then will be nizgale the tachlis ha'oymik, the kodshe kodashim of a Yiddish The Rebbe Yishlein wants it with his children. I saw a marshal in a sefer. It was a general who betrayed the king. And the court sentenced him to death. He was a high general. 
and they threw him into a dungeon to await his sentence. And the king, after a few days, thought of he was very close with the general, and he felt very bad, he was losing a good friend, but nothing he could do. The court had already sentenced him to death, and the fellow was in his dungeon, he's waiting in his cell, and suddenly he hears some noises coming out from underneath the ground, and the earth begins to heave and to move, and suddenly it opens up, and the Melech himself comes up, says, come quickly, come quickly. He says, what were you talking about? He says, I can't get you out through the courts, but I've dug a tunnel. Nobody's allowed to come in my throne room. So underneath my throne, I made a hole, and I've been digging and digging to take you out. As the Sharichuva brings the Chazal, the person is even in a matzah with this Ein Neilitz Yoshe. Chator Lonu Chatira Achas Mitachas Kiseik Voidecho. The Rebbeinish Loilam will dig a tunnel under the Kisa Akome to extract any Yid Mishoil Tachtas. Just come. We must believe that. You know what our is in Shomayim? As with a marshal. Imagine we can relate all to this marshal. Imagine coming home from business and you see there's a source store selling magnificent, beautiful present. You know your kids would mamish love this. They just love, wow, would my children love such a present. It's expensive, but so you want to surprise them and you go and you buy it and you wrap it up. And the whole way home, your mamish skipping home. You're excited. They're going to be mamish jumping for joy to get this matonah. And the fellow comes home and he has it on his shoulder. And his wife greets him at the door and he says, Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for you to come home. Yankee was so chutzpah today, you have to give him six patch. And she was a Zoe and you have to send her to room. And this one needs a telling of, he's standing there holding the present. What, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> no, no, you gotta, you gotta, this one has to get special. I was so excited to give, so, so what does the father say? Well, tell them just to say they're sorry. And he just wants to get it, just get this, just get that pass, whatever we have to do, and now I want to give you the rebellion that wants to give us. Kaviyahu wants to shower us with bracha, with the makatrigim say, but he needs patch for this, and he needs the rebellion, let's get it over with. Let's put that behind us, and I'll give you shefa bracha, matzlacha, gula, v'yishuah. Nechtomim v'safran shel tzadikim gimurim. That's what the Rebbein Shalom wants for us. And that's how we'll give him nachas. And the Emes Yisra Boisai, that's the last precious Hargosha we still have. The Swaram HaKadoshim tell us the Tzura of Ikvis is the Meshich, the Ekev is the heel. The Ekev is dead skin. And the Tzura of this Dor is a Dor with very little Hargosha. Dead skin is Bili Margish. But if there's one hargosha that's still precious to us, that we still feel it, for those who said Tashlich today, those who had Shloshish Amidus today, those who said on Rosh Hashanah, we say, the Chidah has a thriller that we say, say to the Rebbeinshem, our hearts are closed, sealed, we don't know what to do, what to be misakin, and we talk about ourselves and ourselves, our gaiva and our karas and our akpodah, and we feel Bashas Maisa the Atimas Alev. And then we come to the final paragraph. And by many Eden here tears start to flow. Look at your great nation. the children of your beloved Avram Yitzhak the Yisrael. Their Golos, their Dalos, their poverty, their exile, the Shiflusam, Vlachtsam, the pressures, Vidochkom, Zekama Meyos Shonim, so many hundreds of years, they're still Kairim Bishmecho. 
They still believe in you. And we ask all of those Hanafutsim Ba'ar Bakanfois Oretz. Befrat al Yoishva Yaret Yisroel, Al Yoishva Yoir Azois, Al Kola Kola Kodesh Azer. Have Rahmonis on them. Satsilenu, Meirov, Meirov. We ask the Sishlach Refua Shalehim Alukhol Choyle Amcho Yisroel. And be Mekayim in every one of them. Hashem Yisodeno Al Eres Devoi. Rabbi Sai, the Hergish of a Klal Yisroel still moves us. That feeling that we're one. That feeling where we mispalo v'satzileinu v'satzaluchol Yisrael mikol nezek, mikol tzaru, mastinu, mekatreik. Midigduke anias. We ask all those who need zeresh al kayoma should be helped. We mispalo for klal Yisrael. The idea of Klal Yisrael is precious to every one of us. We say in this Lichas, Shad Gemara says, Shari Dmois Loi Ninalu. The gates of tears in Shemaim are never closed, but perhaps it means it's also a Haftocha, that the gate of tears in our Neshama never closed completely either. No matter how hard we are, when we think of Achenu B'nai Yisrael, the tears still come. Sharei Demois Loi Ninalu. Every Yid can rout laws on a trev for Klal Yisrael. Why should we give that up? For stupidities. For narishkeiten. We're such a precious nation. Yerushalayim chose well. Let's be machshavit. Let's rip out of our systems anything that can cause a division in that Heiliger unit. They can't give away the achshov, the va'ato. Ein va'ato elo tshuva. To live life with an awareness that now is what counts. Life is now, the future is now. The tog brent, kichoyim ayoyim. Life can't just be wasted. Life has to be used and lived to its fullest. Dubna Magi told the Moiridik Marshal there was a fellow who was coming back from the Yerid, from the market in Leipzig. And on the way home, he stopped off at an inn and he went to sleep. And while he was sleeping, he had a dream that he was walking around in the courtyard of this inn where he was staying. And he noticed sticking out of the ground 
something shiny and gold, and he went over and he started kicking away the dirt, and he saw it was a gold coin. He started digging deeper. He saw there was an entire treasure, sacks and sacks of gold coins. Now he realized the owner of this inn wasn't aware of it. He didn't know what to do. If he's going to tell him, he's going to take it, and he's afraid to take it out. So he made a decision when he gets back home, he's going to sell all of his property, and he's going to have a large enough sum of money to come to this innkeeper and buy the inn off him with the entire property, then he'll own the treasure. And so when he got home, he told his wife, you have to sell all our belongings, doesn't make it to any price you can get. Let's everybody come. He gathered together his wife and children. We're traveling. He told them the whole story. There's a treasure buried there. And they come back to this guy, and he says, could I, could I buy the, the, your house off you? He says, oh, well, it's not for sale. So name any price. He named an exorbitant sum. He says, you could have it. He gave him everything he owned. And he quickly took his whole family, and he gave them shovels and picks and hoes. He said, let's start digging. And they're digging and digging and looking for the treasure. They finally find the treasure. In the middle of digging, he suddenly remembers, hey, it was a dream. Ay, it's a marshal noikiv ma'id. It's a picture of this world. A picture of Olam Hazah. We can take our lives, our families, everything that we have, and throw ourselves into a dream that never existed. Zog the heilige chofetz chaim. Our Nevi'im promised us that when Mashiach comes, every Yid will become a Novi. Will be Zoyche to be a crown of glory of Kvayt Shamayim. Now we know that cannot happen to Rishoyim. Only Tzadikim can become Nevi'im. So what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? We're going to see one person will be a Novi, and the other person, who was a fine Er Lechayid, who kept, he was a Shayim Etoiru Mitzvah, and suddenly he doesn't have Nevuah. Why wasn't he zoichet to the revelation of Mashiach? And we won't know the difference between the two, and we're going to have kashas on the Rabbeinu Shalom. So before Mashiach writes the Chofetz Chaim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to take away the busha, so people can act as they feel like without having to be ashamed. And so that everyone will be exposed as to who he truly is. So that when Mashiach comes, nobody should have any tainus on the Rabbeinu Him, yes, and him, not. They both sat next to each other in shul. They went to the same shir. They were the same people. Everybody will cry out, Tzadik v'yosharu. Just because this one's doing it, that one's doing it. Just because there's no busha doesn't mean there's no cheshbin. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is testing us in the final moments. We have today, it's Mavol Al-Arayan, Mavol Al-Arayan. The Samach Mem invented something called the social media. I don't even want to use the names of these Mekoymas. But he signs his name, Samach Mem, the social media. <laughs> Where people have simply people who look like from Erlachayid don't have the shame to put themselves on and announce the most private things about themselves for all the world. Aren't you ashamed? What happened to Busha? He doesn't want, HaKadosh Baruch doesn't want there should be any kashas. He wants us all to believe. That Kela Muna Ovel, 
Tzadik v'yosher hu. We have to tell ourselves and be clear with ourselves that we are kisei akovod yidin. We are har sinayidin. And we have to have the midos and the hanhoga and the yirishomayim and the tzniyas and the edelkeit and the ahava and the yira of har sinai, the aim of the reses of a makabal hatoyre. In the world, Baruch Hashem, we have Har Sinayidin. When we see Har Sinai, we have to become inspired and want to emulate them. Let me tell you a story I heard. Recently, there was a simcha in my house at a Sheva Baruch, and there was an elder Yid who told over a story about someone he knew, and I suspected in the story, perhaps he was telling the story about himself, he didn't want to say. He told the story about a young man who was in Koil. And... After a few years, his source of income dried up. His friend was helping. He couldn't help him anymore. He told him, look, it's time. You have to leave learning. You have to go find a job. And he made a decision. Okay, he said, look for something. Maybe he could become a mechanic. He'll become a rabbi. And he's looking around. And his wife says to him, look, why, why, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving learning? He says, oh, look, I'm not going to borrow. I don't want to become a balchoyv. I'm going to support you. He says, look, but we still have some. Maybe we can sell We can sell our furniture. You can stay another few weeks in coil. They looked at the furniture. It was already third hand when they bought it the first time. So what are you going to do? And his wife says to him, you know what? I have my diamond ring. Sell my diamond ring. And maybe we can sit and learn another two months. It's a diamond ring. You don't sell a diamond. Say, Diamonds are forever. You know? That's something I gave you to keep for the rest of your life. He says, what is this? What do you mean forever? Torah is forever. You learn another two months. That's forever. What do I need a diamond ring for? Please, I insist, take it and sell. Loose the Ingeman takes his wife's diamond. doesn't know where to go. He asks a chava. I don't even know how much it's worth. He tells him, you know, I know somebody. I have a cousin on 47th Street. an Ehrlich, a person. Go to him, and he'll give you an estimate of what it's worth. So he goes to this fellow's store. He says, I'm looking to sell this diamond ring. Can you tell me what it's worth? He takes out of his vest pocket the loop, you know, to look at it. He says, look, you know, it's not blue-white. It only has 75 points, whatever that means. And it's got a flaw. I'll give you $1,000 for the diamond. Okay, $1,000. And he says, you know, wait a second. Maybe I'm wrong. I have a brother who's got a shop a few stores down. Go to him, let him have a look at this diamond ring, and let's see what he says. So the man says, okay, he goes down to the brother's store. In the meantime, this first guy gets on the phone. He calls up his brother, says, oh, Shmiel, listen, there's a young man coming to you. He wants to sell a diamond ring. Ask him why he's selling this diamond ring. And when he tells you, think about how much you want to give him, and I'm in for half. We'll go 50-50. So... He comes to this brother and he looks at him and he tells him, Ingemar, why are you selling this diamond ring? So I'll tell you the truth. I was sitting and learning in Koil and now I have to leave. And my wife uh, wants me to sell the diamond ring. I should be able to stay another two months in Koil. So he, he looks at it and he says, It's worth $10,000 the ring is worth. So Ingemar has an He says, You know, it only has 75 points. And it has a flaw. Did you notice the flaw? He says, it's worth $10,000. And he goes to the safe. He takes out the brown paper bag. You know, <laughs> and he gives him $10,000. And on his way, he calls me. He says, Yingeman, come here. He says, take this ring. 
and go bring it back to your wife. I don't know how much it's worth, but your wife is worth a lot more than this $10,000. This is Am Yisrael. Everyone, the husband, the wife, the two brothers. That's who we are. So you think that's a story from years ago? Let me tell you a story I heard yesterday. A bocha, former Talmud, our yeshiva, now learning in it, Yisrael, he just came back, Ben Hazmanim, came by to say hello. And he tells me that he was last week, before he left Eretz Yisrael, he went to the Mekoymas HaKadoshim, and he went to Meron. And he was davening. And as he was davening, he began to cry. He was crying. His Yid is watching him. He sees him crying. He says, Bocha, Bocha, why are you crying? You need a Shidduch? He says, yeah, that too. He says, that's not why I'm crying. He says, why are you crying? He says, my father has no panosa for years. So it's a terrible situation. Bosh is crying for him. He takes out of his pocket a stack of hundred dollar bills, thousands of dollars. Here, go bring this to your father. Harsinaid. We're such a beautiful nation. We're such a beautiful nation. How could we let the Yitzhahara convince us otherwise? Let me tell you a story I told the Bachem in Yeshiva, a marshal. And imagine one day by Shachris, one of the Bachem is putting on his twillin, and he takes off his hat, and another boy comes out with him. He says, Do you know there's a challah growing out of your head? He says, What are you talking about? He says, Yeah. Oh my goodness. He puts his hat on quickly. He says, What's going on? So he says, What's a challah growing out of his head? So he, he runs like, like a madman. He runs, he runs to the doctor. And the doctor he never saw such a thing. He starts taking all sorts of tests. And he says, well, so, what is it? A challah. <laughs> he definitely got challah. So he cuts it off. The next morning, it's there again. The next morning, he doesn't know what to do. It's a challah. Next day, is another boy. Takes off his hat by davening. And there's a faucet coming out of his head. And there's a, a, a button on his head. You press it, and out comes hot water. He's trying to hide. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> well, he, did. he runs to the doctor to tell him the same thing. We don't know. We can't explain it. It's a medical mystery. But after a while, you know, this is just who they are. Anyway, one morning in breakfast in Yeshiva, there was no, no bread. So Bachoza says, you know, if you don't mind, there's no bread. But do you mind if I cut off a piece of challah? Says, okay, why not? I'll do some chesed. He bends over. The guy takes a knife. Another boy says, you know, do you mind if I make myself a coffee? Goes to the boy with the faucet. Now, after this, so everybody, every day people would take bread from him. And by this case, it was about chesed. So he set up a whole contraption with cups and sugar and things. Anybody want to make a coffee can help himself. And amazingly enough, another day, another boy started growing hot cups coming out of his ears. Now soon this became the normal way to eat breakfast. Now imagine suddenly some, one day somebody walks in, and he, just, he wants to see the yeshiva, and he walks in at breakfast, and he sees like two bochem are talking and learning, and as one is talking, he's just cutting off a piece of chal in the other boy's head. And the other guy is smoozing, and he's making himself a coffee, and everybody's looking around as if it's completely normal. 
he think he walked into a madhouse. We can get used to the most abnormal things. As long as we keep doing them. Could you imagine? Imagine you have two Erlich Yidin, Fine Yidin, Teirdik Yidin. They're standing at a chasana and they're talking to each other. And as they're talking, each one is nonchalantly holding in his hands a schmutzige magazine. And they're just talking as if nothing. Another fellow comes into shul with the same thing, puts down his taltil and takes down the magazine, puts it down. It doesn't look at it, just puts it down. We would think we're in a Meshagayim house. We walk around with machines on our hearts that are so full of tumor, so full of schmutz, so full of shoel tachtis. And everybody knows. But we act as if this is normal. We act as if it's normal for Eden, children of the Rabbeinu Shalolam. To have this in our pockets, in our houses, on our tables, in our dining rooms, in our living rooms. And, and, and we're just going to go on and act as if this is normal. When is somebody going to stand up and say, what's going on? What's happening to us? We can make Kabbalahs. And I understand there are people who cannot manage without this. I understand that people have businesses. And it's true. But are we really doing everything we can? How much are we keeping just for convenience sake? How much could we really do away with being a little bit less convenient? Have it only in the office. I don't have it in the house. I don't have to have the phone that has every single thing on it that connects me at every moment to the entire Gehenim. Maybe I'm just imagining that I need it. You wouldn't believe how many people, businessmen, have made the decision and don't have it. And I'm managing. It's not easy. It's not easy. But they're managing. They made a Kabbalah. They made a Kabbalah. This is insane. They made a Kabbalah for Kedusha. They made a Kabbalah this is costing. Do you have any idea how many young people's lives are being destroyed by these machines on a daily basis and parents don't even know? Ask the Rebbeim, ask the Mechanchen. I'll tell you horror story after horror story. We'll just continue acting as if it's a normal way of life. It's not normal. If we don't make a decision to change, we won't change. If it just keeps on going and going, kashonim, every year the same, the person just doesn't stop to think, I could be better than this. I can grow, I can be great. Let us not lose our minds, our hearts, our kedush, our Yiddishkeit to the insanity of the world. 
We want to create a relationship with the Rabbeinu Shalom. A relationship could only be created with time. You could take two little three-year-old kids and say, okay, you become his best friend. They could do it in a second. But an adult can't do it that way. A relationship has to be built. We cannot expect just to fall into Yom Kippur. We have to give it time. Every Yid, as the Shari Tshuva writes, He has to find a place, there should be a room in his house, wherever it is, where he can sit by himself and think, What am I doing to better myself? It could be in his yard, it could be on his swing, it could be wherever, but he has to do it. And he has to be misboyman. Could I just maybe to go quickly over the six Yisoyedes, the Chayvah Salavavah says that a person has to think about to do tshuva. The first one, Sheyeda Shechota, to realize that he sinned. The second one, to know that what he did was bad, umechur, it's ra umechur. The third thing, to realize that he's deserving of a punishment. The fourth thing is to realize that the punishment is waiting for him, even though it hasn't come yet, it's not forgotten. The fifth thing is he has to believe with a full heart that Shuva is the only refuah for this. He also has to make a chesh ben hamnefesh how much he still owes the Rabbeinu Shalom. And the seventh thing is he should be mechazek himself ma'oid to be prepared to be soivel the tsar of Aziva Sachet and say I know it's going to be difficult and I'm prepared to do it. And a person must, must make time to do this lemaisa. That's the avoidus hatshuva. We're going into Yom Kippur. It's less than 24 hours away. I once spent time with the Yid. Before he was going into an operation, a very, very delicate operation of a few hours where he was told, that there are chances he wouldn't wake up from the operation, or if he would wake up, it could be Khalila with a lot of deficiencies. He said, Vidu before the operation, Azav Vidui, with Bechias Neiroyas, he knew he may not wake up. How would we feel if we knew we're about to have an operation? We are. Yom Kippur is an operation. A very serious one. And not everybody wakes up. This past year there were many people who didn't wake up from the operation of Yom Kippur. It was Nigza then, Nechtomim. Other things. We say in the Piyot, not only Miyichya, Miyomis, Miyayoni, Miyayoshe, Miyishofil, Miyishokit, Miyisholev, all different types of results. How do we prepare for such an operation? The doctor tells you the day of the operation, you have to be careful. They're so careful about infection. Everybody who walks into the operating room has to scrub and wear special begotten, and infection can, can ruin the operation. There are infections, Rahman al-Islam, that ruin the operation. Chazal tell us, sheben odom ein yoim hakipurim the operation is doomed, Rahman al-Itzlon. If one is not Mesak and the Averis, Ben Adam the Chaveroi. 